It's time for State of Play with David Adam, brought to you by Tri-City Sports in the Main Center at 6th and Main and by Excel Performance Health and Wellness at 8th and State. Here's David Adam. And welcome to State of Play. My name is David Adam. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the editor at Muddy River News. I've also coached youth sports for four decades, and uh, one of the sports that I tried a long time ago and realized that I was I felt better hitting a baseball than I did hitting a tennis racket hitting a t- hitting a tennis ball with a racket is tennis. So I'm going to talk today with someone who I would deem to be Quincy's one of Quincy's leading experts in the sport of tennis, Todd Willing, the head tennis professional at the Quincy Racket Club. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. It's been a long negotiating process here. We've we've run into each other at a couple of Blues in the District events and. And, uh, you know, he's had to negotiate with his team and, and such to finally finally get him here. We made it work. We made it work. <laughs> that's right. Uh, first, tell the listeners a little bit about your background in tennis and what you do at the Quincy Racquet Club. Okay. Well, I've, I mean, I've been playing tennis for since, well, sixth grade. So I've been playing for quite a long time. When I, you and, had a, you, sixth so, grade's the beginning. So What's, it, what, what are the age are we at now then? So I'm, well, right now, well, I'm, I'm, up, I'm 50 years old. There you go. So I've been playing for a long time. Um, had a lot of great experiences playing and worked with a lot of great players. Been around our community. We've got a great, great foundation of players. And uh, it's been a great thing for me personally to be involved in tennis so where did you play when you like a, 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 a you as you grew up where, where, where what's your background in in regard to your playing career I played at the at the racket club uh, when Dave McDowell was the head pro there and uh, my, my dad and brother played so um, you know I just started playing and then it just it went from there just started taking lessons and then got into it um, played a lot of tournaments and and here I am now how long have you been the head pro at the racket club, I was there. Let's see. I probably I started in the late '90s. Probably um, wow. I graduated from college in '94, and then had, you know, and then I helped Mike Terry coach with the high school team, and then and my brother left, and then so I had the opportunity to start at the racket club, and then so I've been there since then. Off and on, I took a little bit of time off, and then came back. And so you said you started when you were about the you started. Hitting a ball for the first time in the sixth grade or maybe playing competitively in the sixth grade? Um, no, that's when I kind of got introduced and started okay. playing and, you know, and started playing and, and then went and, from there. So when I hear that now, especially in regard to talking to some of the other people who I've had here to talk about other sports, sixth grade sounds a little late these days to get your kid involved in tennis. If I had a child who I wanted to get involved in tennis, is there any age that's too young? It, that just varies from individuals, you know. Um, you know, some kids, you, like five and five-year-old, four-year-old. There's, you know, long you can keep their attention span for a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's that's still. It's I all see Mark Schuring out there with his grandchildren, and, and you know, oh, yeah. he's putting them through drills. You know, he's kind of like a, uh, 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 you know, oh, I'm trying to think of one of the great the, the, those great tennis coaches of years gone past who coached Agassi. Uh, oh, Bolitari. Yeah, 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 yeah Bolitari. Right. I, 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 I kind of see Mark Shearing kind of being that kind of a grandfather. Right. Well, he's got Daniel. Daniel, he's a he's a classic kid. He's <laughs> he he loves playing. He's he's funny. He comes out to our Pee Wee program, our Mighty Mites. Yeah. And uh, it's fun. He because he's he's far and above the kids that we have in there. And oh, so they I, look, I they, can, It's I funny to see them. They just really look up to him and had a little hesitation getting him in into the first day. He was like, I already know how to do this, and and so he sat on the sidelines, and we we finally got him out there and. With a little, you know, occasional walking by him and trying to get him out there, and finally he was out there, and and then all the kids wanted to play with him and hit, and you know, and it was just like, oh, he was like the god of tennis, you know. That and he's day. like was, what, 
five, five four, or five, five, yeah. five or six. Yeah, five, yeah. He's yeah. So he's yeah. It's it's so a, it's, so. Now you said you have what well, you call the mighty mites mm-hmm. uh, classes. I mean, what what age groups are the, is that for? And is that your lowest? That's our that's our entry for the kids that are yeah. like five to seven years old. Um, it's more of like hand-eye coordination. We try to have some fun, you know, um, get them to play and get acclimated to hitting and with a racket and mainly hand-eye coordination type stuff to kind of get them going. And then some kids obviously excel quicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on what they're doing outside of the class too, you know, playing with mom or dad or playing with the other kids. And so. So if I'm a parent, and, and, and granted the number of options, not necessarily just in Quincy, but around, you know, if you think of 50-mile radius around Quincy, which is, you know, where a lot of our people that are following what we're doing uh, are living. Uh, if I'm trying to find a place for my kid to learn, let's take Quincy Racket Club out of that equation. What would you suggest people need to know about who, who my child is learning tennis from or the facility they're learning from? What should they be looking for as they're trying to find a place for their kid to play the game? Um, I mean, like the Quincy, the Park District, they offer, they've got some lessons, some entry-level lessons. Um, we've our, All of our coaches are very, um, very good with the kids, you know, from our high school coaches to our QU coaches. Um, so that, I mean, that's the main thing is, you know, people that work well with kids and, and understand kids and want them to have fun, but also feel like you can get some things done with them and, and um, but the main thing is we try to just engage them to have some fun and hopefully we get them hooked to where they, they just want to come back and they want to come play. And eventually we'll, we'll turn them into players where they just love playing tennis. You, you mentioned the fun aspect of it. You know, one of my questions, how do you keep, you, you, how do you keep it fun? What, what, give me some, dis- describe some of the things that you do to make training to learn the game fun. Oh, uh, we, I just, I'm always joking with the kids. I have, you know, I have a great time with the kids. I think I have a pretty good rapport with the kids. Um, just the different drills we do, whether it be balloons or just, you know, a lot of just basic stuff, you know, competition of hitting, kicking, throwing, just movement. Wait, wait, move. Kicking, kicking a tennis ball. I didn't understand that. That's, that's, that's not legal yet now, right? Not yet, but, okay. uh, but the foot skills, you know, okay. trying to get to the foot skills of, cause most soccer players are pretty good tennis players just because of the movement. So we found that we have to do more movement type stuff because kids aren't as active as they used to be. So we're, you're, you're not just teaching tennis, you're teaching more, um, you know, movement and, and weight transfer and, and stuff like that to help, help them become a better athlete. How has the, you know, you said you've been playing the game since you were in the, in the sixth grade. You've been coaching the game since, well, you said 94. How is it different coaching kids today as it was compared to when you first got into the the coaching game um we just it just seems like when I was growing up we would go to the park and we would just meet there and we would play it wasn't a a question of when it was just we were going there each week and we just went and we met there and we played and and it wasn't always serious kind of like pick up basketball almost we were just there it was just like and it wasn't always like you know productive hitting it was you know sometimes you get to mess around doing a ball war or just you know chasing each other around or you know and then i'd like to know how a ball war is actually well it, done. it can get dangerous you know because you start hitting balls at each other and we're lucky we never hurt anybody <laughs> but you know, we hit some we i hit i got hit and hit people and you know it was just it, but it, it helped us with your aim too so but sure we we try not we don't a little bit of liability now we try not to do that try, as much. try not to <laughs> emphasize that as part of the training right aspect. but we still do some throwing and you know just throwing at targets and you know stuff like that let's take a quick break to let our listeners know about our sponsors 
First, no matter the age or fitness level, Excel Performance Health and Wellness has a program for you. It offers a youth sports development class, a sports enhancement program, personal training, and online training. They create custom programs that will give you the best results you're looking for. Contact Excel at 217-214-3482. Also, Tri-City Sports is not just a soccer store. You can find the best selection of your Quincy High School and Quincy Notre Dame fanwear to root on your favorite team in the store at 535 Main in the Main Center. Need screen-printed apparel for your business organization or fundraiser or sports team? Call them for details at 217-224-2489, and they still also carry all of your soccer needs. So once you get involved in tennis, you learn how to play, you know, some of the – learn the footwork and learn the the basics – when is it time for kids to actually start ramping their game up? When do you suggest they get into local tournaments and start to become more competitive with the sport? And again, that varies from individual to individual. But um, if, you know, if kids are we, that's my goal for all the kids and even our instructors is to they we want them to learn to play the game. So if they're ready at you know age eight or nine and we and they can serve and they start to understand some of the rules, then we're going to try to get them to to start playing that playing that role wow so that, uh, that almost sounds just again not have not having a child who ever went through the tennis program eight and nine sounds like that would be that's early but you're saying hey that's we do have it. a we have a couple kids that are um that are nine years old and, and they're traveling they're playing some tournaments wow. um the usga has, united states tennis association has a circuit that they do with different balls different size courts um, and they have you kind of play, progress through the system. Now, I didn't uh, realize that that was the case because, you know, you think about, like, baseball. Um, they, they shorten the bases. You pitch from a, sh- a closer distance. Basketball, you can lower the rims. You know, you can adjust the playing field to the size of the kids. But I'd never seen smaller tennis courts or lower nets, and you're saying that that happens. Right. So, like, on the, we do some short court work where they basically basically play from double sideline to double sideline. So, the court's, you know, from the, the width of the court. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, the, then they actually shrink it even a little bit. Um, and then we get a little bit bigger when you get into, like, a 60-foot court. And they, and they use some different tennis balls that are less – don't bounce as much, um, that are a little bit easier to control so that you get more of a rally. Mm-hmm. As you use a regular tennis ball, sometimes – the ball just moves so fast, and there's really not a lot of rally, and it's more right. hit and chase. So how often should my if, – if my child's going to become a competitive tennis player and they're working with you, how often are they meeting with you? How often should they be practicing? How often should they be, they be playing? You know, most of our programs, we have them at least once a week. Some of our classes meet twice a week. Um, and then, obviously, we always encourage the kids to get out and play extra on their own mm-hmm. is um, – is really what we need to do. Even if they're doing some shadow swings or um, hitting on the wall, there's there's a wall up at Reservoir Park that the kids can hit on. I even have kids use a softer ball and go to their garage door and hit on the garage door just so that they're getting some repetition so that they can you know, start to get to skills and the hand-eye coordination to have more success. So how many days if, – if, if, if I had a 12-year-old, they come into you a, once a week for practice, maybe twice a week for, like, for skill training and such – how often should they be getting out on their own to play? I mean, it's almost kind of like, you know, going out and shooting 100 free throws on the driveway type stuff. Right, yeah. So that's, you know, that's – if we can get them out two or three times or even four a, a week, you know, okay. we got we got some kids that, that play even more. You know, the parents are just like, hey, let's, it's their activity. So they get them out there and they feed them some tennis balls and just to get them some more repetition. Obviously, just like anything, the more time you put in, it's going to help. It's going to pay off and 
your skills are going to develop and, and you're going to become a better athlete. So for, if, if, for, for competitive tournaments, the USTA, how far do kids travel? I know like for you talk to local baseball teams, they'll go three, four, five hours away. The uh, local basketball teams will travel three, four, five hours away. Is that necessary as well if you want to play at the USTA level to play tennis? Oh, absolutely. You know, you, you, you can go as far as, you know, like Springfield, they have some events. And then like we have a junior traveling team and they go, we go to, to uh, Springfield, Decatur, and then even to Bloomington. Um, and then as you move up into the level, you can go as far as, like my son went to South Bend, Indiana, played an event there, um, you know, Indianapolis. Or, you you know, you can go all the way out to California, you know, go wherever. If, depending on your level of competition, and there's competition everywhere if you want to have the finances to go get it and, and create that opportunity. Now, I know, are, are you finished with all the city Tournaments. I know there was the the, the, the the adult singles and the adult doubles have been recently held. Have you had the junior level tournaments, city city tournaments yet? Yes, we we combined that with. We used to have a separate event, but now we've combined it with the adults so that they can be kind of part of of our event. So how many people? How many juniors? Uh, and when I say juniors, I guess you probably should explain the age ranges. But how many junior level players are getting into your city tournaments right now? Um, the last, the singles tournament, I believe we had maybe eight in the, in the, we have, we usually, we usually do two, two divisions of 14 and under, and then a 12 and under. Mm-hmm. Once the kids get up a little bit older, they normally jump in with the adults. Okay. Once they're, once they're kind of in like the 15 or, and some of the 14 year olds even will jump up in there with the adults and play. Um, and then we had, um, the doubles team, doubles tournament, I believe we had maybe four teams. Okay. And, uh. So I see... I, I, I've driven past Reservoir Park many a times during this summer, and I just see gaggles of kids out there swinging away. Is there any way to put a finger on the number of youths in Quincy who are playing tennis on some sort of semi-regular basis? Yeah, that, that's tough. Because um, we've got a lot of kids that just are involved in tennis, mm-hmm. but as far as, like, truly playing um, – that's where we're trying to fill that niche where we can get them hooked a little bit more right. and play a little bit more. Um, you know, for my little traveling team that I had, we had probably, I probably had 30 kids that were interested in going in that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I can only take 10 to 12, you know, right. so I couldn't take everybody. But uh, the interest is there. So we did some inter-squad inter- matches, you know, for the kids that couldn't travel and, right. and still get that opportunity to play and be competitive locally what needs to be done and 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 you being with the Quincy Racquet Club it would be easy to say well you're the racquet club you should be able to get up but this has got to be probably more of a citywide issue in regard to how do you get more kids interested in the game what could if, if you were the czar of tennis you were the Bud Collins of Quincy tennis what could you do to make that happen well, I mean, one thing we've done is we've added the junior high tennis team. We've added for the – Oh, really? The, I didn't know you had one. So we've got a team for 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, you know, with junior high, and they also have the parochial schools and the home school. Um, so we have the Comets and we have the Hot Shots. And we, you know, we do during the – we did it in the fall and we've done it in the spring. And we just give them a season where we do some practices a couple times a week. And then we try to do a little competition amongst them. You know, some of the kids are already involved in the program, but then again, we also get kids that have never played and that want to, you know, give it a try, come out and play. And um, it's been good for us because it's kind of a feeder to help with some kids coming in for the high school team so that some of those kids now have experienced tennis and, and kind of scoring and, and start to understand so that the coaches on the teams can concentrate on 
playing as opposed to trying to teach them everything, you know, to actually play the game that, you know, they've had a little bit of experience already. What's the biggest jump that a kid has to make from, I've been introduced to the game, this is kind of fun, to now I want to, I really want to do this. I really would. What, what, what is there, is there one particular hurdle they have to jump over to kind of make that jump into, I want to, I really want to get into this? I, I think they just got to be ready to, to go out and compete and play. I mean, if, you know, cause they, they we get it, we've got junior leagues, there's leagues that they can get involved in. Um, cause we try to just try to get them so that they can become a tennis player. You know, that's the goal is to, to get that, open that door up for them. So once they expressed any interest, cause I'm always asking the kids to jump into some leagues and then we get, we run a league indoors, outdoors, and then, then we can start kind of phasing them into the, some tournament play to where that they get that exposure, get that exposure and experience too. Do most of the kids that who you teach the game with, uh, and, and whether it's as a coach or, you know, just have, having instructions, you mentioned you have the indoor leagues and the outdoor leagues. So tennis legitimately can be a year-round sport if someone so wishes. Do you get many kids who play year-round, or do you even recommend, hey, take some time off, I'll see you in a couple of months? And we've, got, we've got several multi-sport athletes so that they kind of just, that kind of, their, their sports dictate how much they can actually put in. How difficult um, is that to work around all those other sports? Because I know that's almost every coach that, and, and, and person I've brought in here that's like, Kind of, you've really got to balance that. Right, because you got everybody demanding their time. You know, everybody's demanding their time and, and wanting their time. So, you know, we, it, and I've always kind of taken the approach that, to me, if they're playing sports, they're just becoming a better athlete. So it's going to help them overall in, in their tennis. Um, but, you know, obviously we'd like for them to commit to it. But I think it really helps, too, to do some other stuff and um, to, to just become a better athlete. You know, I keep going back to that. But that's what we try to do. All that skill-based stuff is, just helps so much. I mean, what is it – if you had – okay, obviously, if you play tennis, you're going to become a ten, better tennis player. What else does tennis help a young athlete with? Oh, dealing with some adversity. You know, some of the matches can get uh, just a real test of your mental, you know, how you handle that. Some, sometimes the stressful situation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some people get a little frustrated, get angry, maybe, you know. So you just got to learn how to deal with some, some adversity. How has the game changed since you played? Or has it changed much? Oh, yeah, I think it's definitely changed. Um, more, more people playing back from the baseline. There's not as much volleying, you know, essentially. But, you know, we're always pushing our kids to go to the net because that's another opportunity that you can win some points. Um, a lot of people aren't as comfortable getting up there. But uh, you see that in the pros, too. Um, a lot of them are staying back more, just better ground strokers. Um, so I think getting to the net is just another opportunity that, to, you know, become a better player. Is there one thing about – it can either be about youth tennis or just the sport of tennis in general. Is there any – are there any myths out there that you wish – that you would go, before you start playing, I want you to understand this. You know, there, I, I have to mention there are things that drive you crazy about some of the preconceived notions or preconceived ideas about tennis. Is there anyone that, that kind of, you know, grates your nerves at all that you'd like to dispel today? Um, nothing, no, nothing comes to mind. I mean, I don't, can't think of anything off, you know, um, nothing really stands out, but I just wondered in regard, sometimes I, and, and, and this is where I hear that it's a country club sport, right? That when I drive past the, the courts at 24th street, I don't see that. Uh, that's why uh, we're at Reservoir Park. I mean, how do you get 
more kids of more diversity, more girls, you know, more, more, more kids who don't necessarily, you know, have a lot of money to spend on lessons and traveling. How do you get those kids involved in the game? Right. I and mean, we have, we do at the, at the racket club, we offer some scholarships to kind of help offset some of the cost if, you know, if, if that's needed to help out. Um, but, uh, and like just kids going out for the teams, just there's, there's, uh, and there's a lot of kids. It's just like the next thing you know, we meet some kids that just are interested and they go up, you find them at the park. They're just up there hitting around and then usually try to introduce myself and maybe potentially think, Hey, here's maybe another player that, and maybe they have a friend that we already know that's already playing. So that's, that also helps us, you know, with friends reaching out with other friends or they know so-and-so and next thing you know, we've got them playing and playing in the groups with them and it doesn't always work out to where they get to play with their friends because you know ability wise they're not quite there but right. the interest it piques their interest and and the, you know and that's where the team concept comes in with the high schools where because that's a wide range of ability levels you know for the players sure. so they're all but then they're all in, in a unit to play in last question how you doing at age 50 you still out there you know Taking names and well, I don't know that I'm taking any names, but I'm I'm trying to compete. You know, I'm doing my best. I'm I'm taking my knock. You know, my knocks. My son's just pounding on me now. Well, that's so. what I was just going to say. There does come a point when you finally have to go. My son is better than me. Have you given him that knowledge yet, or, or are you guys? Can you guys still go at it? I didn't. And I wouldn't say that I gave it to him, but uh, he he earned that. I mean, okay. You know, I, we played we played a couple years ago in the city tournament. I I'll never forget. People were saying, "Well, well, you're going to let him win, right?" And I was like. No, by no means. No. So then we did have to play. We had to play in a tournament out in Iowa uh-huh. on the clay. And, and uh, yeah, he, he throttled me. And, and it's uh, – Humbling? It's, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's good. I'm, I'm glad to see yeah. it. You know, it, it was rough at that time. but uh, So how many days a week do you typically get on the court to actually just, just go play and have, you know, have fun for yourself? We, we have our Thursday night group. You know, we get together and play. But uh, – uh, I, I, I'm, I play a lot in the classes with yeah. the kids, and um, but as far as me personally playing, you know, just usually if tournaments coming up, then I obviously get get out there and because you know you teach a lot. You next thing you know, you're just hitting balls to people. And mm-hmm. That doesn't work when you're trying to compete. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you. I appreciate you coming down here and doing this for me. I appreciate you having me. And this was uh, State of Play. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can catch other podcasts about youth sports. By clicking on the podcast link on our website at muddyrivernews.com.